Hey everyone and welcome to the 10th episode of the Liam McCollum Show. Today I'm talking to Daniel Zolnikov. He served in Montana House District 47 and is currently running for Public Service Commission in District 2. We're going to talk a little bit about the coronavirus's effect on the Billings community, a little bit about privacy issues, and a little bit about energy. Here's Daniel. Daniel Zolnikov. So I've served in the uh, legislature four terms in the House. Uh, started that, first got elected in 2013. And then I passed, I started working on like digital privacy right legislation and did that the entire time. And also we started working on energy policy. I ended up chairing the energy committee in the house. So 29, right before my birthday, um, I'm chairing a energy committee for a huge energy state, kind of a cool situation to be in, which also required, I learned a lot about policy and energy and all the players and it's it's quite the um quite the area so now i'm running for the public service commission in the billings well it's actually 10 counties so yellowstone county east to the border and south to the border so very large area great and now i've been seeing you post a lot about the unprecedented power of the public health um department or the board yeah can you kind of speak on that and the constitutional powers that have been given yeah, um, in the Constitution, and I had this all laid out, there's an area that says the legislature can create boards that, um, you know, that, that they deem necessary. So the Constitution gives that ability, and then the legislature, I think it was 2001, uh, it may have been created way in the past, but in 2001 it was the newest version of boards of health. So they created them, and then they gave them all this power. So I don't know if you know, two years ago, and this is where I actually learned about it. Well, it wasn't the it wasn't this virus. It was two years ago. The Board of Health in Yellowstone County said, if you're 20 feet outside the building entrance and smoking, you're um, impact. You're not following the Clean Indoor Air Act. So if you're outside smoking, you are not following the Indoor Clean Air Act, which did not make sense to me. And so I looked at all their laws and ability, and they have very strong they have they have a lot of broad powers um and one of those is to uh properly uh my words i'm losing my words um <laughs> properly uh enforce the law so that they can if there's something within anything of health in any way they can enforce that law like broad power um and then the other one is for things like diseases so their broad power made sense if there was a crazy epidemic and people are like dying in the streets uh, because that's when you react quickly. It didn't make sense for some of these other scenarios, but now we're at a question. Now we're kind of seeing their power being utilized. And the question is, is it, are they overusing it? Uh, is this what we're talking about? Or are we talking about like something that was 10 times worse that, mm. that, that we gave them the power for? So is that some good history on it? Yeah, no, that's really good. I, I did see this post by the Yellowstone County Police Department, I believe, where they said that they will not be enforcing the shelter at home, and that this is specifically a public health issue. So is the public health board going to issue fines? How are they going to enforce this? So that's what they could do with the smoking ban, which is under the same amount of laws, right? The 20-foot outside and entrances. They can have people impose it on the business, or, and so this is where it got interesting. I was 
with the smoking ban, they would impose that on the interest and on the on the business. The business would then have to prove innocence, and it was um, basically he said she said issue. So if you were walking out of the street smoking and is by a business, and someone saw that person next to that business, they would then file a complaint against the business, and the business would have to prove they weren't actually part of it while policing outside of their own business on the sidewalk. So the Board of Health has this ability to have people who can fine you, put it that way. And then you can use the county attorney to go after the fines if they don't pay it kind of thing. Um, you know, I'm not a lawyer, so it's not the, I'm not going to be 100% precise, but it right. paints a pretty clear picture, right? So that there's your route. And I'm sure the county attorney has zero time for this. So luckily the police said they're not going to do it. And then to like, there's no time. So I'm not very worried about us becoming a crazy lockdown state overnight. <laughs> it just doesn't fit our culture. So, yeah. So, I mean, if they were to hypothetically, they would crack down on businesses first. Well, that's what they do. That's what they would do with the cigarette ban. Mm -hmm. So I don't, I don't mean to con um, convolute the two, but for this one, they would probably have to go after people, right? And right. who would be the person going after the people? Well, it's not law enforcement, then they'd have to have their own regulators. And, you know, some health board, quote unquote, regulator, which I think they, I don't think they have too many people anyway. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I don't see it as something that has much teeth in it. It's like we pass laws in the legislature all the time that say something, but you can't really there's no teeth. There's nothing to make it actually be um, imposed. So right. that it's just something, which is, you know, one other thing, the governor is running for the U.S. Senate. So the last thing he wants to do is bring in the National Guard and have a war zone in Montana, people not traveling, you know, from point A to point B. So we're, of all the states, we're almost, I mean, not to speak too early, but we're looking like, our freedoms are actually not being as impacted as some of the other places like New York. Okay. Is there any concern, especially since you've been um, focused on privacy, that like the national government or the state government will use this opportunity to crack down on privacy issues? Um, that was definitely a concern at the federal level. And I don't even know what ended up being in that stimulus bill. But when people are scared, they say, protect us first worry about our rights and our national deficit second, as always. And what are they doing? It's like, well, now it's, if people aren't staying home, they're bad people. And if they're bad people, you know, I know I'm doing the right thing. They're not, you should take my rights to impose these laws to stop these bad people. And it's just like, no. And then over 10 years, people realize, no, that's not the right approach. And then another crisis happens. Right. So yeah, it's concerning. Um, I don't know what they're doing at the federal level. I do know, though, they had an app that showed um, it showed how people aren't staying in place based on, like, telecom data and other data. And the states were ranked, like, best to worst. And Wyoming's the worst. And Montana's not that great. And some of the other states are doing way better based on GPS, uh, probably aggregated GPS data. Very interesting. Mm. But they're showing how some states... Are not taking this serious and others are and it's kind of like probably pretty close to how many cases there are the more cases the more serious they're taking it the less cases people are like yeah it's all good here right and that's interesting because you actually so you helped ban certain while you were serving in the house you you banned um tracking of cell phone data 
is is that yeah. still in effect? How how would this um, protect those rights in this case? I guess that was at the state level. So if there are uh, stingrays being used that are obtaining your information, they need a warrant to obtain your GPS location information. Now, private companies can do that on their own because this is only government focused. And then states can't regulate the federal government, of course. So the federal government can do it on their own. So if the DEA comes into Montana and they put a stingray up and they're tracking your location and pinging basically where you're going, they can do that. Mm. Um, Our guys can't do that, though. And what we're trying to do is impose stricter uh, policies that were clearer policies because it was like no man's land. And sometimes it's, we're going after this bad guy, but then the judge would throw it out because there was no warrant and they didn't think they needed a warrant. And now if they would have just got a warrant, they would have had the right, they would have followed the right policy. So I cleared the policy up for the state. Okay. Um, but yeah, you can't stop the feds unless you're in the federal government <laughs> and good luck there. So now to get more into what you're running for now, you also passed um, some legislation about smart meters in the utility industry. Um, Yeah. Is is there any concern like going in into that position if you were to get elected? um, How how can you further those freedoms within utilities? Um, Actually, it it was pretty good working with the utility because smart meters, there's there's advanced meters and smart meters. Smart meters, they can just read the meter while driving down the street versus manually going up to it and having the guy in your backyard reading your meter. Mm-hmm. Um, advanced meters are, are, there's a variety, but they can basically tell what you're using inside your house, roughly, like not the exact model of a TV, but pretty close that so you have two different TVs that are using this type of, uh, you know, they're a lot, this one uses a ton of energy, this one does not. Uh, you're probably using a microwave and you have two refrigerators, right? So they're, they can kind of tell what's going on. And that was the data that I worked with the utility to firmly say this belongs to the, the uh, renter or homeowner. Mm-hmm. This was their data, and with their consent, you can share it. Now, the utility can still like collect a big-picture version to know what's going on so they can plan properly, but they don't have the ability to share or sell personal energy information. So we made it a property right, and it was actually really easy to do. And then I gave the PSC a little bit of uh, rulemaking authority on how to opt out of smart meters or advanced meters. Um, but it was, it was, there was actually no battle there. I had like eight groups behind me. I mean, it ranged from the utility to like the conservation to environmental to consumer to like the random lobbyist walking down the hall, like it was like eight people, like just, it was great. No, no opposition. No, it was, wasn't even a battle. (laughs) Probably not a great, everybody wants to go fight, but that one was easy. I was also reading on your Facebook page. Let me find it here. You, you listed out a bunch of things due to your opposition hit. There was a hit piece on you. Um, And you were mentioning that you wanted to implement order and some other things into the public commission. So can you can you kind of talk about that post and what you were dealing with there? Um, yeah, there's there's been a few different hit pieces, a little uh, hit pieces. So you're not talking about the one that came out yesterday. You're talking about what they even say. They said that I passed laws to help the utility out when really I clarified all these 
I, I did a 27 page energy rewrite bill of energy and utility law, which is like the wonkiest, most boring thing to 99.999% of people. Yeah. Okay. And, um, basically the utilities fought it the whole time because I was trying, I don't I was trying to clarify laws. I wanted it to be their government granted monopolies of private companies and the PSC regulates them. So if they can't get the proper information to plan, then it's like a guessing game. And so with this guessing game, the PSC overreaches and then there's lawsuits and there's bad decisions. And then the courts are making, uh, fixing the decisions of the PSC because the PSC had no standing. They're making decisions without any actual data behind it multiple times. So while that's going on, there's five commissioners, 35 staffers, there's no clear hierarchy. There are people who are fighting within the commission. Um, they don't even bring their long-term plan to the, the legislature appropriations committee when they're asking for money. There's just like, like, what is going on? Like, I am literally fixing your laws for you and have never served on the commission. And then I have the guy I'm running against opposing my bill because he doesn't understand it and thinks I'm hurting the PSC somehow. Then I have two other commissioners for my bill because they actually understand it. And it's like, I like, I, this is this is chaotic. We got five Republicans. That's all there are. We can kind of put an order of a flow chart maybe of, of how it works. Maybe get a chief of staff there. So all commissioners talk to one person. One person talks to the staff. So all staff don't have five bosses. Maybe get a, a um, I identify if there's not enough data, you don't move a case forward versus overreaching. They've put entities into hundreds of thousands of dollars of legal fees due to their overreach as a commission, as Republicans. So, so much going on. <laughs> yeah, well, what about the, what about the new controversy? Um, there was a hit piece yesterday, I believe. Uh, oh yeah. the. I had uh, I have don donors because you know I'm running a campaign <laughs> and he says I should not have accepted these and you know not to say it but it looks like quid pro quo and I'm like dude we have a hundred eighty dollar donation limits like if te Texas you can give someone a fifty thousand dollar check that might kind of inspire some action hundred eighty dollars what's that gonna do like <laughs> buy me a new tire for my car it goes to my campaign I don't even get the money. You think a hundred eighty dollar campaign donation is gonna buy me off? I it's like, it's insulting because even 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 if that was true, that would make me the cheapest person in the world. <laughs> so, a I'm not for sale. B hundred eighty dollars is just I'm just like I feel like my opponent's grasping for straws for anything to try to use against me. Yeah, so. and he's so he's a Republican too, right? And he's been um, he's been talking about free market kind of principles and how to like make the the commission more i guess liberty based but he hasn't even been showing up to office is what you were saying oh yeah in december and january and february he's been he's been gone and he uh he had an illness and i understand that but mm -hmm. during that time he had been showing up to many 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 political events in billings and just trash talking so it's like, and the worst part is he ran for office four years ago on how his opponent never showed up, only showed up 60% of the time, and he's going to show up there every day. And then he turns around, doesn't show up, trash talks me. So I called him out like, 
you haven't shown up to work for literally three months. He didn't, not, not one day for those three months, but you showed up at this Republican event and this Republican event and this Republican event. So like, am I a bad guy for calling him out or do I have that right since he's taken every opportunity to not show up to work and just talk smack? So right. I just said, you know, if you're going to, if you were at home healing, that's one thing, but you can't have your cake of being sick and then eat it too and use that time to take like talk trash me everywhere you go right so you also have a post on facebook about marxism and uh is there any way for you in this position if you were to get elected to um make utility more free and make more competition within uh, the market that's what i did in my 2019 law so when the utility says we need 300 megawatts of base load power let's just say that so they need they need reliable energy, right? What they used to do is say, here, here, we need 300 megawatts of one type of energy source like gas, and then nobody else could compete. Because how do you do that? How do you compete with gas with batteries? You can't. So I changed a lot to say, you need to identify the need, not the resource. So you need 300 megawatts of reliable generation. And then I create an environment where they, any energy source, any energy source gets to compete. I don't care if it's a new dam, which, you know, new dams aren't being built, but anyway, <laughs> if there's some dam out there, if it's coal, if it's gas, if it's wind, if it's solar, if they're solar and batteries, I don't really care. I want them to compete. And then I allow the Montana Consumer Council to put a third, like, hire a third party group to oversee it because it gets extremely technical and the game can be rigged because the utility has their own third-party group. So then these guys get a third-party group to oversee this third-party group to make sure it wasn't rigged to get only a certain resource. I basically did a you, federal government checks and balances on every way the game could be rigged to make sure that there was sunlight on that part of the process. Mm -hmm. And that was the most competitive model that I could ever pass in utility law. And I passed that this session. Like I cleared up a ton of the, the games being played. And that, that was to make a more competitive free market system. And my opponent opposed it because mm -hmm. he doesn't know what he's doing. Is um, Now, before your bill was passed, was there, can you kind of break down how, I think you did a little bit earlier, but how certain utilities were being prioritized and monopolized? Well, right now, I mean, those the, the utilities have a customer base so you are stuck with mdu or northwestern energy right you don't get to choose that is a state-granted monopoly that is the that is the system we're in so the psc exists to make sure the rates are fair um, for you but that the utility can profit and build out new energy source so it's like the worst model <laughs> but it's like the only one there is basically across the country there's a few exceptions but this is the norm so Companies get you as a captive customer, public service commissions regulate and make sure the costs are fair and that the energy provided is gonna fulfill the need and be reliable and affordable, okay? So that part is what it is. Um, but the part that, so what you need then is clear information to make sure that, that the utility is planning properly and getting the resources properly. So that's the part where you could actually fix the laws. Again, it's such a wonky area. Um, it's, I mean, it's like the only thing you could really do to compete against utility is uh, provide your own energy on your house, but then you still need the grid to put it on. Then you get credits back. It's like, 
it's not very free market based. Mm-hmm. You can put it that way. The, the most free market areas when there's a need for energy, let the large developers and the utility and everybody else compete to build out. Because you got a $200 million gas plant, maybe there's an owner of coal strip that would sell the same amount for 150 million. Or maybe there's a new developer that will do batteries and some new technology we never heard of for 120 million. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know what's going to be the future, but we better let them come to the table. Right. So the system's kind of like oriented to basically be unfair, but you have to work within that to try to create more competition. Exactly. It is. Uh, it's kind of like you know the joke about democracy. It's the the worst version of government besides every other version of government. Yeah. It's kind of like that, that thing. It's like, what if there's a better model? People went. We had deregulation twenty some years ago, so you can't even say that word or having a conversation on it because like the utility deregulated. We sold all our assets. Now you are paying for them back with your Northwestern Energy bill. People lost their pensions. It was like this mega failure, mm-hmm. right? So, so now that's not even part of the conversation. You just talk about how do you properly regulate where it's not anti-utility, but it's not for the utility. You're trying to do what's best for the people, but not bankrupt your utility. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, okay. that's the puzzle that I'm trying to get into. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I I did get some questions from just some of my listeners, and they're, they're asking about uh, nuclear energy. Is there... Within within your bill, was there anything that um, could allow nuclear energy? Because I know that Montana is pretty restrictive on it, and I think they any any piece of nuclear within Montana is regulated through the state. Is is there any way to like free up any of that within this position? So that would be through the state legislature, mm-hmm. sure. Um, but it's just a law that says I think you need ballot approval, mm. so you can remove the law and you wouldn't need ballot approval because we're talking about, talking about people from like the, in the seventies, right? Right. Um, 80s. This is so right now in Idaho, they have the newest, newest nuclear type facility. I don't know if it's only in the country or the world. It's like the next level. And it's about what three to four times the cost of a gas plant, maybe even more for the mm-hmm. same amount of energy because it's the first prototype model. And after the first five or six, the Department of Energy said the, the price is going to go down. There's, they used much more of the energy from the rods. It's safer. It's obviously reliable. It's carbon-free. So you're getting everything, and then it can last a lot longer, right? Mm-hmm. A lot longer than um, a typical, let's say, gas plant. Um, so that is possible, but we would still have to – people are still worried. They're still thinking about Chernobyl, right? Yeah. They're not looking at what – where we're trying to go now. And also it's just really expensive. So you change the law, that would be easy. You still have a ton of permitting. Everything needs permitting these days. I don't care if it's a dam. Well, dams would never are never gonna happen again because of environmental lawsuits, but let's just say a gas plant. Um, I mean, just everything just, uh, the, there's a pumped hydro project of a billion dollars in Martinsdale that they're just digging two large holes. Um, tons of permitting, federal and state. So. That will always be a thing. Mm. Okay, and in in your position, what do you see is the best, I guess, energy resource for Montana? Oh, that's that's hard because I've tried to be, I've tried to have some pretty, what is it called? Um, I've tried to be energy agnostic. Mm-hmm. 
because if one's cheaper and fits the need than the other, that's the choice. That's the route. That's what you're supposed to do as a regulator. You're not supposed to be a politician advocating for one over the other. You're supposed to allow them to compete and choose the one that fits the need. Mm. Um, so one thing about, uh, about future federal policies is if we don't have, and I'll answer your question in a second, if we don't have um, a diversified portfolio of energy from renewables to gas to, to, to coal, whatever, um, if we don't have it diversified enough and there's a new clean power plan, Montana is screwed. Like we are going to be hit with huge fees, fines, carbon tax, whatever. So diversified portfolio, just like an investment portfolio, always the most important thing. Um, right now though, to, to fit the need, it looks like gas is the most competitive actual, um, actual thing in, uh, for what we need for capacity in Montana and for the western part of the region. It's most, it's very reliable, maybe not, it's very, it's very reliable and it's affordable. And um, I mean, there we could build out relatively cheap. It could be ready really quick. Mm. Are there any, so, have there been any like environmental lawsuits against it? Is there any like hurdles through that? No, not as much, but I'll tell you that what coal has gone through with the carbon emissions, gas is about half as much, and it's about to go through the same thing. Okay. And that's just, it's just going to be, I mean, and if you put all your eggs into the gas basket and gas prices do shoot up, say there's less drilling as oil prices drop down and there's going to be a new, uh, you know, there's going to be less gas, same demand. That's going to shoot the prices up. Now our country is changing from coal to gas, and that is going to make energy prices increase. So you want to diversify portfolio. Right. That's what I was going to get to next is just diversifying more supply does decrease prices. But yeah, I, I think we've covered everything. Thank you so much for coming on, and good luck with your campaign. If you want to just, I, I saw some stuff on uh, again, on Facebook about the gun raffle. Do you want to talk about that and how people can support your campaign if they want to? Definitely. That's thank you. This is this is great. Um, I basically got a shotgun, and if someone gives me a sign location, uh, then you just sign up. You're automatically signed up for the shotgun raffle. I mean, it's we ask for so much in campaigns. Might as well have like some little hope of winning something. It's you know it's not like the fanciest shotgun. I'm still trying to be fiscally conservative with my campaign, but hey, you have a chance to win something. You got a sign location, rope a sign. You're in, you're now in the in the shotgun uh, raffle. Awesome, crazy. Well, if, well, if you yeah. want to tell people where they can find you and everything, that'd be great. Uh, DanielZolnikov.com, Z-O-L-N-I-K-O-V, and then my Facebook is just uh, Facebook.com/DanielZolnikov. Just search in same name and you'll find it. I have a decent little following there. Try to be pretty active. I respond to everybody, so it's fun. Awesome, well thank you, Daniel. Yeah, thank you for having me, I appreciate it.